welcome to the Law of Attraction podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Graziano, previously Grano. I'm so excited to bring you the latest wisdom and science from leading experts and world-class speakers from around the globe to teach you how to manifest your goals in love, career, financial abundance, and have anything you want in life. I'm the creator of the world-renowned Meditational Behavioral Synchronicity Method, the MBS Method. By listening to this podcast, you will learn how to refocus your mindset and rewire your thought process in simple, tangible exercises that you can begin right here, right now, simply by pressing play. Hey, Tom, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm really good. Thank you. Super excited to chat to you today about entrepreneurship. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Amazing. I have so many things which I want to ask and I think which resonate with my audience and your audience. So my first thing I want to ask you is on entrepreneurship, given your success, what would be your top three pieces of advice for entrepreneurs? So number one, you've got to be able to um, change what you build your self-esteem around. So most people come into the game, they've gotten to the level of success that they've gotten because they're smart, they're hardworking, all of that. Um, But those are all very fragile positions because you're going to meet somebody smarter than you that's achieved more, that works harder. Instead, it's far better to build your self-esteem around being the learner. Uh, Because then you're in a position where even when you're wrong, it's a moment where you can move forward. So um, Nassim Taleb defines anti-fragile as a system that when attacked actually grows stronger. So the human body's immune system is sort of the classic example of that, which if you leave the immune system protected, nobody ever encounters dirt, viruses, you know, uh, parasites, all that, the, the, the immune system actually stays weak. Whereas if it's assaulted, then it grows stronger and actually fewer things make you sick over time and your response is far more robust. So you want your your ego and your self-esteem to be the same, that the more you realize you're wrong, the more empowered you become because your identity is around that of being the learner. Um, That will really supercharge people because the only way to be successful is to constantly be learning. Um, The next thing I would say is what I call ABL, always be learning. So... (laughs) Um, I've actually started running the math to see how much time I put into this. And in every 10-day cycle, I spend 24 full hours, not, not a day. I spend actual 24 hours worth of my 10-day period is spent learning. Um, and when you think about that, even running a company every day, I'm taking a little more, and that includes the weekends, I'm taking a little more than two hours every single day to learn. And we are synthesizing machines. The more data you take in, the more likely an answer is going to be there for you when you need it. And then number three is to use what I call the physics of progress. So there's no mystery to how to grow a business or how to walk through a novel problem. And that's really the key. You can ask other entrepreneurs how they solve problems that they've already encountered. And that helps. There's a ton of value to that. But the real value is in learning how to think you need to be able to encounter a novel problem and know how to deal with that. And the physics of progress are basically just the scientific method reframed for business. Those three things will will get you most of the way there. Wow, powerful. I hope everyone's listening and writing this stuff down. That's so cool. Tell me more about this billion dollar exit that you did. I think that sounds uh, pretty awesome. I'm sure that 
lots of people want to hear about that. Well, the key, so money is a very fascinating thing. So money is more powerful than people think. Even the most money obsessed person out there, I will tell you money is more powerful even than they imagine, but it is not at all what they've been told. So people think that money is going to make them feel better about themselves. They're going to be suddenly cooler. Um, all of their insecurities are going to go away. And the reality is it just isn't true. So money in and of itself is completely inert. It's either a one or a zero in a database somewhere online, or if you have printed money, you could burn it for heat energy. But beyond that, like money in and of itself doesn't do anything but money is the great facilitator. So if you have a dream and there's something that you're actually trying to do and money can solve a certain subset of those problems. So it becomes incredibly potent for making something come to fruition. But I, like many others thought, you know, if, if I get money, I'm going to feel about myself the way I feel about rich people when I look at them, right? Like, oh my God, they've done something amazing. This is so cool. Must be so neat. Big houses, fast cars. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, that sense of like excitement that I get looking at them, I will suddenly feel about myself and my life when I'm rich. It just does not work that way. And the question I always ask people is how many billionaires have to commit suicide before you realize money does not solve the big problem? And what's the big problem? The big problem is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself and money cannot help you with that. So that is all about doing really hard things to earn your respect. If you don't do the things to earn your respect, which is why rich kids often implode, they've never had to do hard things. Things have been given to them. They've just been born into opulence. And there is a program running in every human brain to earn the things that you get. And nobody has a sense of being settled or um, a sense of fulfillment or pride when wealth was given to them. And it really isn't even the wealth. Even when you earn the wealth, it's not the wealth that does something to you. The wealth isn't transformative. What is transformative is becoming the person you had to become in order to be capable of creating wealth. That's interesting. And so I think people should focus on, and this has certainly been my own journey. And, you know, we can talk about money itself and the moment where the money hit my bank and all that. And yes, it's fun and exciting. But the, the real thing was the realization for me that I had always been focused on winning a championship in business, right? And the reality was what changed me, what changed the way I felt about myself when I was by myself, what gave me fulfillment, what made me feel strong powerful, what gave me a little swagger in my step wasn't actually winning. It was becoming capable of a championship performance. So to explain it another way, I would rather never get a championship ring, but be the star player on the losing team that made it all the way to the championship, bleed on the floor, give it my everything and lose, than sit on the bench of a winning team. And once people understand, okay, this is about becoming capable of that championship performance, then their mind will be in the right place. And then whether they ever end up getting the money, the success, the accolades or whatever is pretty irrelevant. It's about playing the game. I agree. It's all about mindset. I coach that, you know, success mindset all day long. I think there are so many things which go into achieving high levels of success and people think it comes so easy, but you have to ask yourself, are you really doing the things that are going to get you to where that person is because of what that person is doing is not sitting on their ass all day. That person is putting in and they are taking their whole game to a whole new level. 
and they are putting in those hours and they are working and it doesn't matter how much people want to say the ones who are already there are doing something different to the ones who aren't and so you want to focus I think on so many different aspects getting clarity on your vision on your purpose what are your guiding principles your values focusing on the result not the product you know when you're selling you want to if you've got a business and people are you know, right now listening, you've got something that you're selling. Don't focus on, oh, look at my product. Forget that. Think about the result that it's giving to your buyer. How do they feel once they have it? Does it better their life? Are you adding value to their life? Are you solving problems for them? Because the bigger problems that you're solving for people, the more successful you're going to be. That's that's a, a great equation, right? Very well said. Absolutely. And so, you know, I love to do things and I've always done them like vision boards. I've done things where I internalize and I sit in my own thoughts and I do them regularly. I don't need to wait for a new year. I'm sure you're exactly the same before you guys are no different, you know? And so we, you know, I sit on my own and I will just go through my vision and I'll say, this is what I want. And I'll do it for every area of my life. And I'll look at the story of my life and, and I really say, this is what I'm going to do. And then I execute it. And I don't just sort of go into woo-woo land and say, I, I, I'm going to get it. No, I take inspired action towards it. But it does come from a place of positivity and love. It does come from a, a really good place inside where it's going to contribute to other people's lives. And I, you know, when I was younger, I never got the principle of, having something not just for yourself and and sh doing it to share right I couldn't get around I just my head just couldn't get I was like what how do you want something that's for somebody else and then I realized stop wanting the material things those things come with the success want something that is going to benefit others and then surely the higher power the higher intelligence whatever you want to call it will aid your journey towards that it's interesting so I you and I say the same things, but for slightly different reasons. Okay. So um, I don't, I don't think that the universe comes to your aid or that there's any higher power that um, is going to come and help you. But there is no question that we have these sort of scripts running in our mind and mm -hmm. you can think of them just as neurochemical outputs. So we are having a biological experience. You are things that excite you. That's a neurochemical cocktail. Love is a neurochemical cocktail. Service is a neurochemical cocktail. And it just so happens that the most resilient neurochemical cocktail is fulfillment. So happiness is very transient. A bowl of ice cream is amazing. The problem is you eat too many bowls of ice cream and now all of a sudden you're not feeling good, uh, both physiologically and psychologically, right? You're doing the easy thing, always taking the easy way out. Um, it's not goal oriented. Service on the other hand, things that lead towards fulfillment, there's a script running in your brain that says, hey, look, you're a social animal. Nature needs to incentivize you to do the things that will make sure that you have kids that survive long enough to have kids. Now, part of that is going to be social bonding and making sure that you're contributing to the group so that the group protects you in your moments of weakness. Nature makes pleasurable that which it want, wants to incentivize. So to make sure that you have kids, it makes sex deeply pleasurable. To make sure the child lives long enough, pair bonding is a thing. Social structures are a thing. So we have this evolutionary wind at our back telling us to contribute to the group, to be meaningful members. So when you serve the people that you're working with, it just feels good. 
And so now you have a lot more energy. You want to do it a lot more. Whereas when a goal is only self-directed, is only selfish, there's a sense of emptiness to it. There's a sense of loneliness to it. There's a sense of just unease. And so people may get something they thought would make them happy, a Ferrari, a mansion, whatever, only to find that, wow, like it was really neat for like an hour, right? <laughs> like you might, you might love, and this is one thing that my wife and I've noticed. I always fantasize about a big house, right? So I get my big house. It's amazing. I love it. But the thing that I actually hold on to is the view. I can re-enjoy that beauty every day, right? But it's that, that beauty of feeling connected to something bigger than myself. It isn't the actual fact that I could buy a big house. And so when you begin to understand that it, it's always that the hardwiring in your brain that makes you long to be connected to other people, to something bigger, right? Where you talk about that, whatever that universal intelligence is, right? Just there, the, the sense of wanting to commune with the divine, right? We have that. And a way that we can facilitate that, as when you think about business, is to pick a product, like you said, that adds value to your customer's life. So in a really interesting way with building a business, you get to tap into that neurochemistry of service by focusing entirely on value. Now, the reality is it's not in my mind, not the, and I'm totally down. If that's how people conceive of it, I have no beef with that. But I don't think of it as the universe then rewarding me with this. I see it as me being in line with the way the world actually works. So if I add value to somebody's life, now they want to like reciprocate that value. So we're living in this really crazy time where social media gives people the ability within minutes of an interaction with you, your product, your company to say to a global audience, this person added value to my life. And then other people go, whoa, I want that value added to my life as well. And so now that's just, that's just the way of it. That's how people are, right? So recognizing I often say, don't deal with the world the way that you wish it were, deal with the world the way it actually is. And the way the world actually is, if you add value to people's lives, they will want to add value back to yours. You, you can count on it, like guaranteed, as sure as the sun will come up. It's not one for one, but man, when you start doing it on mass, it works every time. And so we're living in an era where the greatest marketing strategy is to just be a good person. This podcast is brought to you today by BetterHelp. I am so excited to actually tell you a little bit about BetterHelp and where I found them. So I was looking for a counselor online and I wanted somebody who I could get in touch with super fast and then I found BetterHelp. They are so awesome. You can get in touch with a counselor and start communicating in under 48 hours. They will assess your needs and they basically match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. I thoroughly recommend it to anyone who just wants help getting out of the place they're in, something that they're going through. I'll just read you one of the reviews actually that was on there. So this lady writes, Jenny is very insightful and caring. She allows me to speak freely and offers wisdom and guidance with the issues that I'm struggling with. And that was about one of their counselors on there, Jenny De La Cruz. I have to say my own review would be how incredibly on point they are and really personalized to what you are going through and what you need. I highly recommend it to anybody who just wants that extra bit of guidance, bit of help. And actually today, I've got something that I'm giving away to you guys, a special offer for my listeners. You can get 10% off your first month if you go to BetterHelp, which is better and then H-E-L-P 
dot com forward slash attraction, which is A-T-T-R-A-C-T-I-O-N, attraction, of course, like the law of attraction. So betterhelp.com forward slash attraction, and then you'll get your 10% off. You can just use the podcast name attraction, just that one word, and it'll get you that 10% off. I can't wait to hear how you found it as well. Okay, amazing. Let's get back to the show. Powerful. Love that. Okay. On that, while we're talking about value with impact theory, what's been like the learning from the interviews you've done and how do you want this to evolve going forwards? I thankfully can think back to my youth when the internet did not exist and I knew how hard it was to extract wisdom. And even then I felt profoundly lucky that the most brilliant minds had taken time to write books. Now it was much harder to go get those books. Amazon didn't exist. If your local library didn't have it or the local bookstore didn't carry it, you were kind of SOL. Um, but even then I thought, whoa, like you are drinking deeply from the wisdom of ages. We truly are standing on the shoulders of giants. But now we live in this world where we can get extraordinary people to talk to us because we have a podcast or a YouTube show. I mean, that's nuts. And so getting some of the world's greatest thinkers or people that have insights like um, I've had so many neuroscientists on the show and the way that they've helped me reimagine my own experience, the way that my mind is working um, has been incredibly useful to me. David Goggins and his, you know, hardcore nature about just how much the human animal is capable of the people that I brought on from a health perspective that have helped me optimize my sleep, my diet, my exercise, all of it, which then helps me improve my cognition, which helps me perform better in business and my relationships and everything. Um, people that have helped me regulate my emotions, but I mean, it's just absolutely extraordinary. So the show in that sense has, you know, been this great boon. And then also I'm strategic enough to bring people on the show that can be involved in other areas of my business as well. And so the show has been um, a tremendous way to meet people that could be a potential partner down the road. And that has, has borne some incredible fruit. That's so, that's so cool. Yeah. Podcasts are just the way forwards. I mean, they are, you know, it's what everyone's watching at the moment. Are you on Clubhouse? I, I have, I'm in it. I have not been in a room yet, nor hosted a room. Um, I'm intrigued though. I don't hunger for yet another way to socially interact. I think the way that I'll end up using clubhouse is so most people don't even know what I spend about 60% of my time on, which is the film and TV side of impact theory. So impact theory is aiming to be the next Disney. What we're focused on is storytelling to 11 to 15 year olds. Like that's our primary reason for existing. So when I think about impacting the world with mindset, only about 2% are going to respond to what we're doing right now, what I call direct to camera. Mm -hmm. Say, think like this, act like this. Um, now, those 2% will feed you emotionally for the rest of your life. So it's incredible. And I get why people dive into that. And it's, you can make a wonderful business and you know, feel that sense of community. It's, it's incredible. But as somebody who's always asked myself, how do I help the other 98%? I realized that we have to get to storytelling. We have to bypass the logical brain, get to the limbic brain. So um, that's, I think, what I'll ultimately use Clubhouse for is getting storytellers together to talk about how to, one, just to find other people, um, you know, writers, 
editors, comic book artists, concept artists, filmmakers to bring those people together in a space in a way that I have not on any of my other platforms. I don't talk about that on YouTube. I don't talk about it on my podcast. I do in Discord a lot. So I think I that will probably be where I invest in Clubhouse. That's cool. I like that. And I love the way that you're going to like storytell to all these younger, the younger generation, because that's the generation we really need to focus on. They're the ones whose minds we need to focus on because they're the ones who are going to build the future. And that takes me on to another point. Anything that we're doing in our life, it has to be something that you are going to leave behind and it's going to benefit people thereafter. People after you've gone for years and years and years, and that's a legacy. That's when you really know that you left something so profound, so powerful. You know, you say we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Hopefully one day we'll be sitting there. We won't be sitting there. We'll, you know, when we're gone, people will be talking of us the same way because we made such an impact in the world and changed so many lives. And I think what you're doing is revolutionary, in fact. I think that's really, like, really fantastic that you're doing something. I don't, I don't know anyone else that's doing that. And I study a lot. I read a lot. In fact, what you were saying about reading it really resonates with me because I always believed growing up that when you read a book, you get into the mindset and the thought process of that author. And he's like your mentor for the duration of that book. You can learn so much. So always be learning. I actually, I, I use it in one of my videos. I see really similar, you know, and I, I think that's so fundamental because the brain needs to feed on something if you're constantly learning, you're, you're evolving your skill. It's like the masters of any craft studied that craft religiously in a room, in a box for days upon days upon days upon years upon years to perfect that craft. And it's no different for learning. No, you're absolutely right. Okay, another question. Um, you help people's lives and it's clear that you really care. And I can hear that from everything you're saying. So, okay, how does social media, as we just touched on that, evolve to allow people like you to continue to help more? Social media is really fascinating. It's a double-edged sword. And if you haven't watched The Social Dilemma yet, watch it. I think that there are real concerns around social media. Now, my approach to this amazing tool that gives you global reach, allows you to build a community, allows you to offer value, um, you know, through these relatively simple apps. I mean, it, it is, it is mind-blowing. Social media, I owe my fortune to social media. I owe many of the people that I've gotten to know, uh, both digitally and in real life to social media, um, but you've got to curate. And so as people who are creating content, I'm very conscious of making sure that what I'm putting out into the world is worthy of being consumed. Um, I don't do a lot of lifestyle stuff. I don't, um, you know, show me with fancy cars or flaunt my house or anything like that. Um, because that, that is literally designed to incite a certain level of jealousy to get somebody to take an action, right? You want them to covet what you have enough to take your class or whatever. Um, that's never felt good to me. Now, ideas, on the other hand, putting out ideas where it's like, yo, this idea is so amazing. Take it. Here it is. It's free. Go do something with it. Use it in your life. I'm giving you the best of it. Like literally in the time that we are together, I will give any secret I have. I will give it as quickly, as clearly as humanly possible so that people can take it and run with it. Now I do that 
because, oh, by the way, I have a course to sell. And oh, by the way, I have, you know, a comic book that I want you to go buy and a book that I want you to buy. So I have all those things, but my marketing message is entirely like, I'm going to give this stuff away. It is so good. It will change your life. And then you're going to want to, just like we talked about earlier, I'm going to give value, give value, give value. I'm not just doing, hey, it's a sale on Friday and go buy because it's a discount. No, no, I'm like, let me teach you something for free. Go use it. If you want more then go buy that product, right? And so we give away an obscene amount of information at Impact Theory because it is the surest fire way to get people to buy. If you can give, like if I could give away all my secrets in an hour, then I don't have anything that's worthy of selling. So social media is this incredibly powerful tool when used rightly, justly, honorably, whatever the correct word is there. Um, You're not just sucking people into a vortex of, you know, look pretty or be rich or whatever. Like you're legitimately giving them as many of your secrets as humanly possible, as fast as possible. It's this incredible way to build a community and community is everything. Community is everything. It is so fun. They say you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I will say you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with and the five ideas you spend the most time with. So even now during COVID, you can still get yourself in that amazing place. You said that an author is a mentor for the time period that you're reading that book. Same on a social feed, man. That person is a mentor. So you're spending time with their ideas. Make sure their ideas that uplift you, that make you feel expansive and lifted up. If it makes you contract or feel down or less than, fucking get them out of your feed. And I have found when you curate your feed as a, a consumer, if you curate your feed right, it can actually lift you up. But man, if you're not careful, that shit will be just like a newspaper. If it bleeds, it leads. It's designed to make you anxious and fearful. Avoid that at all costs. That is so true. And you know what? Another way to create that feed, social media is one of my expertise areas. There is the hashtags that you can follow, like you could follow impact theory as a hashtag. So everything that you guys are putting up, everybody will know and it will appear and that's uplifting information. That's going to teach you something. You could follow hashtag success mindset. You could have, you know, whatever you want to follow you can look at that as a hashtag, press follow, and then it appears in your feed. And that's really cool. And that's that's a way to, I, I agree with exactly what you're saying, is to create it even further and just continue. And also with social media, the value you can give is so profound because every post you put up, you just have to think to yourself, am I adding value to the viewer right now? The person who is scrolling onto my feed, am I adding value to this? And if the answer is yes, then that's amazing. But if you are not bettering their life, if you're not bettering their health, if you're not helping to improve their business, there's utterly no point in posting. If you are a business or have something to sell or something profound to say, you know, if you just have like a, a social account, that's entirely a different thing. But if you're watching this now, it's probably because you want to be an entrepreneur, let's be honest, or you're already there and you want to take it further. So I think it's so important to you know really use social media when you're posting in the right way and thinking about what you're posting and and your content is so important and you're right some people go down the path and they do the whole luxury lifestyle thing and like you know even when I was an influencer so I started as an influencer even when I started in that neck of the woods and I was posting like this is what I'm wearing I never spoke about what I was wearing my whole gig was I actually have a lot more going on in here and here And I want to get that out to the world. And I want to show you guys where it's going. And I had a giant plan. 
you know, that's how I grew my following in, in a, to a million in a year because I knew where I was going with it. I knew that if I drew them in through the gift and, you know, I'm gratitude forever through beauty and things like that, I would then be able to utilize my audience and actually give them something of value. And so every caption I put up, that's where the money was at. The caption just would say something that would inspire them, something that would help them and just hit them and just be like, here, this is what is going to help you. Forget the picture that brought you in and up. Now where the magic is at and it went on and it built, you know, and that was, it was a great way. So content is key. Content is everything when you're, when you're posting with social media and also things people always ask me, I think this is one of the biggest things they ask on social media when people are building a brand. Collaboration is everything. If you want to go global with your business, collaboration is everything. You've got to be with like-minded individuals, exactly like what you just said, Tom, about surrounding yourself with the five people and five ideas. You've got to surround yourself on your social media with the same vibe that you're going down. It doesn't have to be the exact same thing. You don't necessarily want to go even that far. You just want to be surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals who have similar philosophies and business ethics, etc. And then collaborate with them. You can do talks together. You can do um, live sessions together. You can promote your product cross-promotion on each other's platform. There are so many things that you can do to grow and grow your business and get it out there. When you do a live with somebody else in your similar industry, that is literally like going out to all of their followers and they're going out to all of yours. It's the biggest compliment. Like do that if you haven't yet. No, for sure. It's a great point. Um, authenticity. I know that you're big on authenticity and like, you know, you believe in, uh, you've spoken so much about value. How do you make sure that everything you do with impact theory and in your own life and, you know, everything like that, how do you keep the authentic self? To um, I just, I gave up on trying to look cool a long time ago. And I think, unfortunately, if I could just look cool all the time, I might go for it. Uh, but I have found that that is not my strong suit. So I actually, I don't know, probably starting maybe 15 years ago or so, I would start getting anxious if I was trying to posture. And I hate the feeling of being anxious so much that I would rather just present myself as myself um, then pose and posture. And then also the strongest relationships in my life have all come from, um, you know, being what I call being aggressively myself. And at the end of the day, going back to, you know, what really matters, how you feel about yourself and you buy yourself. If you don't even know who you are, if you've never had the courage to say what you really think, to be yourself, to experiment and figure out who you actually are and chase the things that you find interesting, not what other people tell you, you should find interesting, what you actually find interesting. Um, your life will always suck more than it needs to because you're going to get that intrinsic reward because being yourself is simply pursuing the things that are exciting, intriguing, pique your curiosity, call to you. And the reward for being those things, doing those things, pursuing those things are in and of itself the reward, like behind me, right? I've got a bunch of action figures and every now and then somebody will chide me about it. And, but to me, it's like they're... It's what I call self-signaling. They love remind. That's so cute. Thank you very much. Um, and you know, I'm in my mid 40s, and I my favorite dress is Tokyo streetwear. So I'm sure that there are people that think that that's ridiculous. Um, 
but I love it. And, you know, walking the streets of Tokyo and going in the shops and like the cyberpunk vibe that it has, I just love it. And I, so I, you can probably tell like one of my favorite ways of dressing is Tokyo vibes. I have, I literally shop mostly from Japan and actually now China. I love both. So, yeah. Now I get it. And as you well know, if you love it, like the act of doing that far outweighs whatever anybody else might think. It's like, I love being surrounded by those things, that imagery, um, you know, whatever the case may be, that's getting you excited about it or drawing you into it. And to deny yourself that for something that is not pleasurable, which is pleasing other people, which is very fragile and makes you feel constantly on edge of, you know, are they going to like this? Are they not? It's a super anxious way to live. Whereas once you flip a switch and say, man, it's nice. I love it when people agree with what I find interesting, but I'm going to pursue what I find interesting in and of itself. And then all of a sudden your neurochemistry is expansive. Going back to that notion of do things that make you feel, you know, expansive and lifted up that make you want to lift your head and avoid things that, you know, make you feel constricted head down and trying to please other people is, is a recipe for head down. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Self-worth is everything. In fact, everything that we see around us is just a direct reflection of our inner self-beliefs. Literally the direct, everything you've got, if you've got chaos in your life, there's something going on inside that just is not right. And you find order in the areas where you actually focus on. And purpose is an expression of our highest values. So anytime you start comparing yourself to other people, you self-depreciate your own value because you're just trying to be someone that you're not. You're never going to be second place. You know, who wants to be second place to somebody else when you can be first to yourself? And you've got to ask that. And, and, you know, I always thought going into this industry, I was like, I have such a different style to some of these people. Like, how am I going to, you know, when I, when I show up on stage and, I, and I've shown up on so many stages dressed in my own way because that's how I don't give a fuck. I just want to turn up and be me. I just, I don't, I don't care what I'm wearing. I want to talk and preach and help someone, you know? So I, I focus on like you, the, the stuff which actually matters because when you try to be someone else and try to have other people's values, you just limit your beliefs and, and therefore what you can achieve. The only rules around yourself are the ones that you've built in your mind. Very true. Yeah. And the irony of, you know, if you want to be a singer, a speaker, less so an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter as much, but if you're trying to be an influencer or something like that, you're going to feel like, oh man, but I'm not like those other people. And the good news is if you were like those other people, you never break in because those people already exist. You literally have to be different in some way. And so if you look at somebody doing something that you want to do and think, oh man, I'm not like them, thank God, that's going to be your calling card. So now how much can you lean into that, right? Because you need to be doing something different if you want to get attention. Boom. Oh my God, I love it. Oh, it's been so much fun talking to you today. Thank you, Tom. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Amazing. Well, if you guys are ever in London, make sure that we, we all hook up. Um, but otherwise, we will catch up soon and probably talk again at some point on one of our shows. So. That sounds perfect. I look forward to it. Amazing. So good to meet you. Thanks, Tom. Absolutely. Thank you. Amazing. Everybody who's watching, you guys can follow Tom and the Impact Theory and everything they are doing in the world. I'm going to say moving in the world because to be honest, it's a real movement. So the links are below and I can't wait to catch up with you guys again soon. Peace and love. 
If you enjoyed this episode of the Law of Attraction podcast, it would be amazing if you could follow on Spotify or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me and to all of us. You, the listener, are the only way that this podcast grows. And those small acts of kindness that you do to support, they go such a long way. It's the cycle of giving and receiving. And as you give, you receive. That is the law of attraction and action. Whether or not you believe in it or not, it is happening in your life. And I know you could be listening right now to literally thousands of other podcasts, but you've chosen to be here and listen to this, the Law of Attraction podcast with me, Natasha Graziano. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart to yours, I am so grateful to you. And I hope this has helped you. I hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I have. And I hope you go out into the world and attract the life you deserve because you can have, be and do anything you want. You've simply got to start by believing, believing in yourself, believing it is possible to attract anything you want into your life. And it all starts by taking action. And once you start taking inspired action by listening to a podcast like this every single week and learning from experts, you get into the mindset of that expert and myself while you're listening for the duration of this podcast. You get that chance to be almost one-to-one mentored by them for the duration of your listening. And that is the power of a podcast. So please do follow on Spotify, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We are so grateful for you and we look forward to hearing from you and seeing you again later this week. Peace, love and gratitude for your day ahead.